Even if you're not 40, you can still catch the best Oklahoma State Cowboy podcast out there. It's the franchise Come After Me, I'm a Podcast, with Madison Morris giving you instant reaction following each OSU game. A part of the Franchise Podcast Network. What's going on, everybody? It's Madison Morris here on Come After Me, I'm a Podcast. And uh, it's only going to be me today. I don't have a guest with me right now, but uh, that is because I would be recording this in my house following... Uh, Oklahoma State's loss to Texas Tech today, which was absolutely brutal to watch if you are a Cowboys fan, so we are definitely going to get into that. Uh, I did want to make a couple of notes real quick and say that I was not able to record this past week following OSU's win over Kansas State in Stillwater because, well, basically it's been a crazy hectic week and I work more than one job, so I definitely am going to do a better job about keeping up to date with this podcast and having guests on. Today it is only going to be me, so I apologize in advance if you don't want to hear my voice for, oh, about 20-ish minutes, Uh, but we do have a lot to cover. We have a lot to look forward to, and just um, stick with me on here if you want to, and we'll talk some OSU football. I'll definitely be more interactive in the future, but I'm excited about this one just because uh, I am going to talk a little bit about uh, the win over Kansas State and how that was really big for the Cowboys, but how that really affected them going into this matchup with Texas Tech today, which... If you're a Cowboys fan, it was not fun to watch. And I think everybody understands I am a former Oklahoma State student, so I'm an alum. And this is my team, and I think people know that. So call me a homer, do whatever you need to, but this was very disappointing for me to watch just because I think that when you're a Cowboys fan, you understand that there's going to be games like this each and every season. You know, that's going to happen. It's disappointing. It sucks. And you know, the pokes are going to choke eventually. I really felt like this one today was especially painful, though. And I hope many Cowboys fans or Cowboy fans agree with me because here's the deal. This game today was just the complete opposite performance of what Cowboys fans saw last week. And yes, that is kind of a recurring thing with this team over the past couple of years and even farther back for that. So people who are true OSU fans are really going to understand this. But here's the thing. OSU looked like a completely different team last week in Boone Pickens against Kansas State when Kansas State came in, ranked at number 24. They were coming off of a 3-0 start in the season. Yeah, none of it was Big 12 play, but that was a pretty big win that they had over Mississippi State, which really had them fired up, ready to go. But I was so pleasantly surprised at how well Oklahoma State performed last week against Kansas State. So it was almost just confusing. Why couldn't that be carried over to Lubbock, Texas today? And I'm not, like, super hung up about a team like Texas Tech, but obviously, you know, I'm not a fan of Texas Tech. Uh, I've never really been a fan of, like, their fans. I've never been that big of a fan of their program. They haven't really crossed my radar that much. So, you know, OSU has taken some pretty brutal losses to Texas Tech in the past, but I really think that today, even though they kept it within 10 points there at the end, this one was really, really brutal because there were just there were too many mistakes made. And uh, it just, it, it, didn't, it was not a good look for the folks. But going back to that Kansas State game, this was, this was a big game for OSU last week just because, like I said, Kansas State was ranked, OSU was not at the time, and Oklahoma State was actually coming off of a pretty, not like brutal loss to Texas, but just a, just a disappointing and almost shameful loss to Texas. So this was a big, big step for the folks uh, to come back to Stillwater and kind of redeem themselves. And honestly, I think that's exactly what they did because – They looked pretty dang good last week. Spencer Sanders was 16 of 25 for 153 yards. 
Uh, he did throw two interceptions last week, which, yeah, not not ideal at all. But he did have one touchdown, and he really utilized guys like Chuba Hubbard. Obviously, Chuba Hubbard broke school records. He is the number one rusher in the FBS right now for no, like, that's just a no-brainer. If you've watched this guy play the past, oh gosh, what, six games now? That's just phenomenal what he's doing out there. And you can really chalk it up to Chuba being Chuba and the kind of talent that this guy has is just very raw and authentic. But you also have to give credit where credit is due and look at guys like Spencer Sanders and look at uh, guys like Sean Gleason who's really utilizing him as well. And then the O-line. They're really creating these opportunities for Chuba. So it's been pretty great. So yeah, last week Chuba had 25 carries for 296 yards. He was averaging 11.8 yards per carry. That's fantastic for Chuba Hubbard. And then you have guys like L.D. Brown and Tylen Wallace, who had some rushing yards last week. Then you have guys like Tylen Wallace, who had eight receptions for 145 yards. You know, that's that's pretty awesome for Tylen. He didn't have a single touchdown against Kansas State, but he's still making giant plays. Like, it wasn't a very high-scoring game for Oklahoma State. They still suffered with the same thing they suffered against Texas, where they really could not punch it into the end zone when they made it into the red zone. And that's definitely been a recurring problem for the Pokes also. And that's something that needs to be cleaned up. But overall, I was pretty I was pretty dang impressed with OSU against Kansas State. And I know I've just talked a lot about their offense, but man, it, got, it was their defense. Because this Kansas State offense isn't terrible. They're actually not bad. And they have guys like Skylar Thompson who has been very familiar with the team and He's been pretty proficient like the first three games that the Wildcats had in the season. And so that's just been real huge for them. And then OSU's defense just came out firing. Guys like Trey Sterling and then, of course, Amen Ogbong Bumiga and Colby Harville Peel. It's just, it's incredible to see the, the progress that this defense has made each and every single game, the first five games. And I'm not talking about... Uh, the Texas Tech game that we just witnessed when I'm putting this in because I don't think the defense did terrible against Texas Tech, but it wasn't it wasn't anything super notable also. And so that's why I'm just kind of thinking, yeah, you know, I think I think the Cowboys just took a couple steps back today. I think it just it didn't look good. It wasn't it wasn't a fun thing to watch. But Obviously, the Kansas State game, that was fun for Cowboy fans, minus the hour-long weather delay that they had to endure. Uh, I was in Stillwater, actually. I had to endure it as well. I can't really say much. I was in the safety of the press box where they had cookies and popcorn, so my apologies to Cowboys fans. But um, other than that, I mean, there's not really too much else to say about the Kansas State game other than OSU looked good, and that's actually what helped to project them into the top 25 for the first time this season. They came in at number 21 in the AP polls against Texas Tech today. And that was that was really big time because obviously it really showcased uh, the hard work and the adjustments that this team has made. It really showcased Chuba, who's been absolutely incredible this entire season so far. And I know it's only six games in, but you got to give credit where credit is due. Uh, and so that was just, that was really big. But I also think but that put Oklahoma State in such a weird position today uh, against Texas Tech because it made Texas Tech look like this incredible team. And they're not bad, but they were coming off a real bad 55-16 to loss to Oklahoma in Norman the previous week. When Oklahoma State was taking wins over Kansas State, Texas Tech was getting their butts handed to them uh, by OU and Norman. And so... 
Texas Tech coming back to Lubbock on their home field at the Jones AT&T Stadium and having Oklahoma State walk in with their heads held high at number 21 in the AP polls. I don't think it was a great look for OSU because immediately it was all about Tech's defense today, and that's uh, kind of where we're going to transition into Texas Tech, Oklahoma State today and leave Kansas State game behind because, uh, honestly, that's always what Coach Gundy is preaching, that that game's over, it's time to move on to the next one. And so we're going to move on to Texas Tech because there's just there's a lot to highlight today. And when I say highlight, it's not necessarily great things uh, about this loss to Texas Tech. So um, here, we'll get into it. Chuba Hubbard today, obviously... Uh, did what he did best. He even reached over a thousand yards in rushing total for the entire season. Uh, for this game, he had 156 on 34 carries, which uh, go back a couple weeks where I believe it was against Texas or Tulsa. I think Tulsa he had 32, and then Texas he had 37. And Mike Gundy was just, you know, he was saying that's way too many carries for a guy like Chuba because yeah, he's a great player. He's obviously uh, the best running back in the league. But you you have to savor a guy like that. You can't just throw him out to the wolves instantly and then hope that he lasts throughout the entire season. You got to really take care and utilize guys like that throughout the whole season to make sure they stay healthy, make sure they stay on their feet, make sure that they're doing good work throughout the season and not getting just completely burnt up the entire time. So um, 34 carries for Chuba today, but you know he had three touchdowns, which was huge for this guy uh, because I... I I want to say the three touchdowns, when it says three touchdowns in the final box score, I don't even know if that, in fact, I don't think it does. It didn't include the two-point conversion that he successfully was able to make, which would have made it basically like four times for Chuba in the end zone, which that's just awesome for Chuba because that, you know, that was just something that the Pokes really needed today. Spencer Sanders was able to throw 22 of 37 for 290 yards and two touchdowns. But honestly, all of that is completely overlooked because if you look at that, that sounds really great because Spencer was throwing more today. He picked up more yards. Uh, he was averaging more. He was averaging 7.8 yards. And then he had two touchdowns. That's, that's pretty phenomenal for a guy like Spencer. But here's the thing. He had three interceptions today. And he, I mean, I hate to pinpoint it on the young quarterback because I'm all about savoring their feelings and whatnot. That's just me being a woman. But um, Spencer was kind of the reason for, th there were five turnovers today, people. Five. And that's just absolutely bizarre for one game, especially when Texas Tech didn't turn the ball over once. And so that looks real bad on Oklahoma State's offense, and especially guys like Spen Spencer Sanders with three interceptions. And then, he was, I believe, he was uh, the primary ball holder for uh, both times that Texas Tech was able to force a fumble. And so that, you know, that right there is just real brutal uh, to look into. So uh, Spencer Sanders definitely had a really troublesome game today. And it just sucks because they, they showed that final interception that he made. And that, that was going to be his third one. It was right there kind of towards the end. And they were really moving down the field at that point. And, I, yeah, it was still 45 to 35. The Pokes had the ball. I think there was like two minutes left, maybe maybe a little under three, something like that. And they had just picked up like a 23-yard gain. And it, it was looking good. They had the energy. The Pokes were really driving down the yard or driving down the field. And then all of a sudden you see Spencer Sanders throw that third pick. And it just like – 
you could just see everything deplete out of him. You saw his face. You saw his body language. It was heartbreaking if you're a Pokes fan because you were, you're seeing this real young quarterback who's trying everything he possibly can and continues to be thrown out there because Mike Gundy and Sean Gleason trust him. That team trusts him. They're not just going to yank him because he makes a couple of mistakes. They're going to make him learn from it. And they keep putting him out there, but he keeps having these unfortunate events occur. And it just... It's real rough to watch that for a young quarterback because Spencer Sanders obviously is incredibly talented. He's made some real vital plays for the Pokes this season. He's done a very good job, in my opinion, but, I mean, what do I know? Um, I personally think he's done a very good job this season of holding up to all the pressure. I think a lot of eyes and a lot of fingers are being pointed at him right now, but he he's not cracking under the pressure yet. He's making mistakes, but that's kind of part of the learning process. Oh, but Madison, like... There's no learning processes in football. Yes, I, I totally agree. I think that, um, especially the Big 12 and college football at the D1 level, like there's not room to learn from your mistakes. You need to, you, you know, you need to be efficient right from the get-go because that's what's going to make you win. You don't have like practice games. Every single game matters and you shouldn't just be, oh, well, I'm going to take this as a learning opportunity and move on. No, it doesn't work that way. But I will say that I think Spencer Sanders is learning from this. He is becoming more valiant per game. I think uh, a lot of people have a lot of questions on where Spencer Sanders' mind is and just how he's feeling and um, kind of his approach to different games, especially when he goes out there and has, uh, I think he either had like a, there was a fumble recovery by Tech or an interception very early on in the game. And I, I, I just was sitting there watching this game and I thought, that's going to set the tone for the entire game. And that's such a shame, but it just kind of is what it is. So Spencer Sanders today definitely had um, a very troublesome game, and that's going to happen in this league. So uh, you can only hope that this guy is really going to learn from it and that he is going to move on and become a better quarterback um, the next time the Pokes take the field, which will not be next week. Uh, they are going to have their bye week, and that is probably – either wholesome for them right now or it could potentially hurt them as Baylor comes to town on the 19th of October which will also be OSU's homecoming so dang that's gonna be a lot of pressure but we'll just see how that goes for them uh Tylen Wallace today he had 11 receptions and for 85 yards and one touchdown uh Jordan McCray I was actually really impressed with this guy today he was that uh I believe it was a 73 yard touchdown uh he was able to connect with Spencer Sanders and Jordan McRae, he was the one that lifted it from, oh man, I'm probably not even going to say this right, but it was a very vital touchdown at a point where the Pokes desperately needed it because Texas Tech was running away from uh, the Pokes with this game so easily. And it just was such a bad look because they got up to 20 to nothing. Uh, it was like before halftime. But there was still not much, there was like not that much game left and the Pokes were just struggling mightily but then all of a sudden Jordan McRae has this incredible play and I really I even tweeted this out I obviously wasn't completely accurate about it but I really think that that play was something great for Jordan McRae to have because it instilled a lot of confidence in Spencer because that was Spencer's first like big play of the entire game he was really able to connect with Jordan on that and it looked as if uh Tech's defense which we're going to talk about here in a second because oh my wow but it really looks like Tech's defense was going to break that guy up. And Jordan McCray was able to dodge like two different tackles and get into the end zone. So that was just real big for OSU right there. So 
Big props to Jordan McRae. He only had two receptions, but it was for 82 yards. Uh, he was averaging 41 yards, obviously, because not, like he was able to make that giant uh, touchdown play. And he had one touchdown, so good for him. Guys like Dylan Stoner, he had five receptions for 76 yards. Landon Wolf had one reception for 30 yards. And uh, even Chuba Hubbard had a reception. It was <laughs> it was only one uh, for one yard, but, you know, he still made it on there. Uh, guys like Malcolm Rodriguez and Colby Harville-Peel, A.J. Green, those guys really made some noise on defense today, which I think that's going to get a little buried in this game um, because, obviously, Texas Tech had no problem finding the end zone. Uh, they had to settle for some field goals a couple of times, but I think Cowboy fans are all too familiar with that struggle. But... Um, it was just, it was kind of nice to see that, because they had a couple of opportunities that the Pokes gave them, and then the defense was really able to hold them off the board uh, like two or three times, which was great, and it was a good look for the defense because that that it, that was a big component to uh, last week's game against Kansas State, it was definitely the defensive effort from the Cowboys, so that's, that's something that is a little refreshing to see, uh, but also just uh, a couple things to read off for you guys, just because... Everything is probably not feeling too great for OSU fans, but it's going to be okay. Um, these are just coming from some post-game notes versus Texas Tech. It, it did make it 9-2 in the past 11 meetings with Tech. It ended a five-game win streak over Texas Tech in Lubbock. It made it 21-23-3 uh, all-time versus Texas Tech and 7-13-2 versus Tech in Lubbock. This moved Mike Gundy's career record versus Texas Tech to 11-4 and and made it 29-12 and in its past 41 games and 43-17 and in its past 60. And uh, this also was kind of a big win for Texas Tech because they had gone, I think it was a 10-game losing streak to ranked opponents uh, there in Lubbock. So they were able to put an end to that too. And honestly, it's just, it's not a good look for OSU right now. I think they're really going to have to take this game and learn from it instead of just shove it aside and focus on what's next. No, I think that OSU is really going to have to take this game and study it and analyze it and learn from it because it did not look good out there, folks. It really didn't look good, and it wasn't exciting to watch. It was kind of devastating to watch if you are a Cowboys fan like myself and if you are an alumni. Um, it just... It wasn't exactly what you wanted to see from OSU, especially coming off a hot win against Kansas State. Um, I think a lot of a lot of attention had become or begun to surround the team with guys like Chuba and Spencer being so young and efficient, and so that was really good. But it, it just it put too much on them this week, and they weren't able to hold up to Texas Tech. So, like I said earlier, um, it is a bye week for the Pokes this next week. I think. That can either be a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, I believe Baylor's already had their bye week. I'm not sure if they have or not. But Baylor is, um, they're going to be coming off of the game. I kind of forgot who. I should probably have looked that up uh, prior to starting this podcast. But uh, if you haven't ever podcasted by yourself, it's a little hard because it's a lot of talking just uh, over and over. So my apologies if I had any of my thoughts mixed up and things didn't make sense. But if you're still with me this far into the podcast, big thank you to you. Uh, like I said, we are going to try to be a lot better about this OSU podcasting. This is new. Uh, I'm juggling a lot of jobs right now. A lot of a lot of things are going on. We are uh, getting into thunder season also, so that's really going to uh, put a lot of challenges on 
keeping up with the podcast. But I will not let OSU down. I will not let uh, come after me. I'm a podcast fans down. If we have any, I don't know. But <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening to this. It's gonna be it's gonna be quite the journey for OSU this season. Just some personal thoughts. Um, I would really like to see. Oklahoma State make a lot of adjustments before they go into the Baylor matchup because right now it's looking as if OSU is much better at home than they are on the road, which is kind of how it goes, but a great football team is good no matter where they play. And I personally would love to see Oklahoma State excel this season because I think a lot of people are counting them out. I try to remain optimistic about this team, but sometimes they make it hard. And so uh, it's gonna it's gonna be very interesting. So, uh, yeah, just keep up, and we're going to have you covered from head to the toe here on the Franchise Podcast Network. Obviously, we have a lot of other podcasts I'm just going to plug real quick. Uh, my good friend Brady, he is my work partner. He does an Inside OU podcast with John Hoover and Rufus Alexander. That one's a good one for Sooner fans if you're looking for anything uh, and everything about OU football. We have Intimate with TV's Jerry, which is Jerry Ramsey's podcast, and he just has a plethora of guests. I don't even know what he talks about on his podcast, so hopefully he doesn't listen to this one and then finds out I'm actually not listening to his podcast. My bad. But um, there's also Sam Mays' podcast, which is great because it's Sam. Obviously, he has lots of personality. He has lots of opinions and thoughts, and I love listening to Sam do what he does because he is just, he's really good at at just analyzing everything and putting it into perspective and he is really entertaining to listen to so if you need a good podcast and just a guy who knows it all then listen to sam there's also a lot of others uh, unfortunately i can't remember the names of them i'm probably the worst but just really check out the franchise podcast network i know uh steven or not steven, gosh uh andrew gilman and chisholm holland i believe they do one i think and then obviously i have to plug my other one with Brady, we do OKC82 podcast, which is going to be all about the Thunder season now that that is approaching. And then we do switch off and have Chisholm Holland on sometimes. Uh, he's super great to listen to. We have, I think we have like a lot of guests lined up for this season. I really hope so. I'm excited. So that's going to be really fun. But thank you guys again for listening to this episode of Come After Me. I'm a podcast. And I hope you guys do continue to listen to this one. We will have more guests. This one was kind of just thrown together by yours truly. I'm sorry you've had to listen to my voice for almost 23 minutes now, um, but it, it's been fun. I'm really excited to cover Oklahoma State this year, my alma mater, so uh, we're going to talk some football all season long, so I hope you stick with us. You can catch Madison's OSU coverage on thefranchiseok.com. Follow her on Twitter, at Madison Morris, and be sure to spell her name correctly, M-A-D-Y-S-S-O-N.